Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Your Parenting Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Bamford. The one and only, the man, the myth, and the legend. I can't even say that without feeling like a douche, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had to subject you to that. I mean, it wasn't, uh, it was still kind of douchey back in high school. But we said it anyway. I was reading something about um, public schools. It's mostly about private schools, but it's like people seem to be all of a sudden. I'm seeing a trend of of articles of people, you know, poo pooing public schools, and uh, I don't know. I think. I mean, it seems like the students of these these private schools, these charter schools, they seem to go through the same bullshit as as other students. I mean, they, you know, heartache and bullying and you know, shitty homework and everything else, and it just seems like it just costs ten times as much. Whereas you know, public schools are free. I mean, you know, it's like the adults that went to private schools don't seem to be any better or worse than the rest of us. Now, bear in mind, I've done zero research on this. I just don't really see the benefit. I mean, are the are the teachers more motivated because they're getting paid so much more? I mean, are they getting paid so much more? I have no idea. I mean, I know... Uh, I have a couple of people in my direct family um, that do homeschooling. I mean, maybe that'll work for for their family, but I uh, like I feel like I would need to be home full time, like a you know a stay at home dad, to devote, you know, the energy required for a a full, you know, worthwhile education. I mean, not just like you know throw on a couple of DVDs, you know, do a little bit of math, because I just think, I mean, Grant, it's my opinion. Uh, plenty of butthurt reports fame I used to fill one out. But I just, I think that there's no way for a student to get a full education being homeschooled. Because it's not just about the academics. You know, it's about the experience of being in a school. Like, right, I, I grew up with the public schools. Um, I never went to a private or charter school, so I can't really speak for any of them. But uh, I feel like my life is better for it, having gone to a public school. Maybe I didn't think so at the time, because, man, that I hate school. Holy shit. And uh, I'm pretty sure my parents knew I hated school. But, uh, you know, they tolerated it because it was free. And it, you know, kept me out of the house for eight hours a day. But I just, you know, especially high school... I was like, I know somebody who described their senior year as the best year of their life. Like, granted, this person was in their 20s. Talking about senior year in high school, you know, my life will never get better than that year. It's like, you realize that, like, once you get out of high school, like, nobody gives a shit about high school? You know, I couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there. You know, me and several of my friends tried our best to just, you know, to be a ghost. And just, you know, get through it. You know, with a minimum of ass kickings. 
you know, try to stay away from the bullies, not get in a whole lot of fights. You know, just keep your head down. You know, wait for the evac chopper at the end with that diploma. And it was, uh, you know, some of the best times I had in my life were during the, you know, the high school age. But of course, I had nothing to do with school. You know, hey, you remember that wonderful time in algebra? Which reminds me, I would love to, you know, and I, I failed algebra too. You know, I had to retake that. But it's just that I remember that teacher. You know, you're going to use this stuff every day. And I want to email her every single day. Say, look at that, Miss Colvin. Another day without algebra. And the argument is, oh, what if you get a job where you're going to need to know this? It's like, I'm never going to apply for that job. Never. You know, it's like if I see on the, uh, you know, the application must know calculus, I'm out. So it's like, and even if I need, you know, some math skills, everyone's phone has a scientific calculator on it. You know, it's like, obviously that's why I'm not a mathematician. But as I feel like I would have been robbed of, of certain experiences had I been homeschooled. Uh, it's, and it's, I know it's a hindsight is twenty twenty thing because I see how my life is now, but just knowing how my life is now, even if you throw in the bad shit with the good shit, um, I feel like the the homeschooling. Just I think it would have been a lesser experience. I think it would have been lacking in social skills. You know, because and I try to think about my mother doing that. You know, my mother is awesome. You know, she was you know, a great nurse for, you know, an amount of years that she's not comfortable with me saying. But you know what she wasn't? A fucking teacher. And I think that if you try to balance her nursing career, you know, with being, you know, the general mom skills and trying to be an educator. You know, it's like, I don't know how things would have been different if she were a stay-at-home mom. But I think that would have driven her crazy. She had that passion for for nursing, and maybe if you got a passion for teaching, maybe your kids can can you know get a decent education. But it's just it's not just about the academics. Like I said, it's just I don't know. There's there's something missing. This a human interaction, a camaraderie, if you will, that I think can't be had in a homeschool environment. You know that need to be in you know groups of your peers. And not just like staring at somebody online through a webcam. Oh, look, you know, here's my classmate from China. You know, it's not the same as, you know, chasing some more around on recess or like you, know, you and your friends in high school going to that specific spot to eat lunch. I really don't have a point to this besides, you know, just my inane ramblings. And they started off with you know, the poo pooing of the, the public schools. Which, uh, I mean, granted, you know, some schools are shitty. That's just, uh, you know, and they, they kind of ruin it for the, the bunch, you know. It's like some schools deserve to be fucking bulldozed and then just start from scratch. You know, other schools are shining examples of a positive experience. You know, just like there are some shitty cops that ruin it for everybody. There are some shitty doctors that ruin it for everybody. You know, for the most part, these are, are good things. 
you know, obviously I don't want any kid to get bullied, but it's like these are experiences that that I think children need to go through, you know, to help prepare them for adulthood when they've been, you know, coddled their whole life and they're they're sheltered from the world. You know, it's different learning about this stuff when you you know, reading about bullying is different than being bullied. You know, reading about getting your heart broken is different than getting your heart broken. When you can directly relate those feelings, you know, oh, this is what this feels like. You know, this is what it feels like to get punched in the face. You know, this is what it feels like to have your heart broken. You know, especially at that age, you know, those formative years where, you know, and it's not just about hormones, but like your body's changing, your brain is developing. Which doesn't stop until your mid twenties. Don't let those you know eighteen year old high schoolers be like, oh, I'm eighteen. I know the rest of my life. I mean, hell, I still question shit that I've done. You know, it's like, oh, should I have you know worked at this job? Should I have applied here? Should I have gotten this car? It's like you never stop second guessing yourself. But it's just it's during that time where you're slowly starting to you know get hints of the person you're gonna be. Maybe you'll develop interests you'll carry into adulthood. You know, maybe that interest, you know, got sparked from, you know, a classmate. You saw them, you know, with like some pictures from their vacation and you're, you know, looking less at the vacation and more at like the pictures themselves of, oh, maybe you'll develop an interest in photography and that'll be your career. It's like, I think these things that can't be gained from, from being homeschooled. And... I don't know. I don't know the reasoning. Like, the few people that I've interacted with that homeschool their kids, it's like, I don't know their their heart of hearts well enough to know their intentions. Maybe they're just super protective and they don't want to put their kids out in the world. That's my first reaction when I hear about homeschooling. It's like, oh, it's like they're treating them like they're Amish. You know, and they want to keep them sheltered from the evils of the world and then they give them their, you know, air quotes you know, inverted commas, you know, education, and then kind of throw them out into the world they're unprepared for. But, you know, I'm full of shit. I mean, I really don't know what I'm talking about. So anything I say, just take it with a grain of salt. It's just, I couldn't homeschool my kids, even if, you know, you know, all my bills were paid and I could be a stay-at-home dad, which I would love. Are you kidding me? You know, I mentioned to, to Cynthia before, it's like if she makes twice what she makes, I would stop working immediately. But uh, I just, I don't know, I feel like even if I had the wherewithal to be a good educator to my kids, just, I feel like it would be robbing them of a certain worldly experience that will help define who they are as adults. Um, again, I've done no research. It's just my own thoughts on it you know I feel like because uh, Grayson I think is going to be out of my three boys the more book smart because he seems to have more of a love for reading and yeah, maybe he'll be the more academic you know he just kind of has this hunger for learning and while I think Logan will be the more adventurous one like, I think as an adult I think he'll be the, the one I have that, that does most of the traveling you know, he'll go visit, you know, weird countries and have all these crazy experiences. 
you know, I love that my, my children are so different. You know, Isaiah is kind of to be determined. You know, he's still developing his personality. You know, he's finally starting to say a few more words. Still not saying Papa, little shit. Say Mama all day. Either way, it's just, I don't know, it's just so cool to see. You know, and they, they loved, you know, certain things. Like, they both love, you know, Mario and, you know, Ryan's toy review and that kind of shit. But it's like they have their own, you know, interests and, like, they're developing their own personalities. And it's just kind of cool to watch. You know, and it's like it's something that only, you know, me and Cynthia would see. You know, just because we've seen them, you know, since birth. And we've seen them, you know, develop into these these little humans, you know, that are so cool. I guess I'll quit bitching about schools. Especially because I only have one child in school. Which he loves. He's like me. He's not a morning person, so... Yeah, he'll give me some grumbles before he gets out of bed. But, uh, and once he's up and around, you know, he's fine. Um, this last weekend was me uh, and Cynthia's anniversary. Cynthia and I, if I want to be grammatically correct. March 8th. It's our uh, anniversary. And I tell people, I just tell people we've been together eight years. Because otherwise, you know, I, I don't feel like I should have to explain. It's like, oh, we, you know, it's our sixth, you know, wedding anniversary. We've been together eight years. And we got married on the two-year anniversary of our first date. So I only have to remember one day. Because I'm smart. So I just tell people we've been together eight years. And it's, uh, you know, I couldn't ask for a better life partner. You know, she's, uh. Everything I didn't know I wanted, and everything I didn't know I needed, but now that I got her, I'm keeping her. And we, uh, you forget, you know, how much fun you have together sometimes. Um, and it's like sometimes you forget how fortunate you are. You know, and I bitch a lot about third world problems, or first world problems, I guess you call them. You know, paying too much for coffee and this and that. I understand there's people starving to death in the world, but it's like... Don't lay that guilt on me. You know, yeah, if I had, you know, enough money to buy every every starving person a sandwich, I would do it. I think most of us would. Yeah, but when they're like, and then if you want to, you know, if you have like a, a, a sad moment, and you get those people to say, oh, you shouldn't be sad because so many other people have it worse. It's like saying, you know, why bother to be happy because so many other people have it better. Stupid. That's a. What the fuck was I talking about? Oh yeah, this is our anniversary weekend. Um, yeah, me and Cynthia do have a lot of fun together. It's just like sometimes you get so wrapped up in the parenting world that it's uh, you know, you forget to come up for air. I've probably said before, because as my wife will point out, I repeat stories sometimes. Um, but the. You know, the parents' relationship is the first relationship your children are going to see. You know, that's what they're going to subconsciously compare all relationships to. So, if, like, you know, you and your spouse, you have respect for each other, you treat each other well, 
Not to say you're not going to annoy each other because everybody's human. Yeah, I'm sure you know Cynthia stood over me, you know, more than once you know, with a steak knife while I'm sleeping. But uh, yeah, that's the first relationship they see, so it's just, it's it's good to maintain it. You know, as much as I love hanging out with my kids, you know, you got to come up for air. You got to get a break. And so we went to uh, Texas Day Brazil. And uh, for any listeners I have that are not in Florida, um, that's a Brazilian steakhouse is the style of, of restaurant. Some of you may be familiar with it. Um, I believe that this is where I'll go in the afterlife should I continue to be a good person on the righteous path. I mean, granted, it's, it is expensive. You know, it's not somewhere that you know, we can go every weekend. But, um, you know, and it's uh, off of International Drive near a lot of the tourist stuff. Um, sorry, one second. Having technical difficulties. All right, sorry. All of a sudden, I thought I wasn't recording, and I, was, I had a phone call coming in, and nothing was working out for me. This fancy new phone was trying to do too many things at once. Um, anyways, Texas State Brazil. Uh, this is a, a magical place where you eat mostly meat. It is definitely not vegan friendly, which is probably one of the reasons I like it. Although they do have an amazing salad bar. I mean, this is an all-you-can-eat place. But not like a buffet. Don't think, you know, like Golden Corral. In their glorious chocolate fountain. But you're paying like 50 bucks a seat, basically, is what you're paying for. And they have a salad bar. I mean, everything there is gourmet. They had these, you know, sauteed mushrooms. And like, swimming in this, like, almost like a thin brown gravy. I wanted to just stick my face in there and blow. I mean, they had, you know, a traditional salad. They had this... These, like, super thin, almost like sashimi slices of smoked salmon. You know, the smoked chunks of, you know, provolone cheese, prosciutto ham. This is just the salad bar. Like, my mouth is watering just talking about it. And then, and that's unlimited. As much as you want at the salad bar. Then when you go sit down, you tell your server, okay, we're ready for the meats. They bring you some fresh plates. And they, uh, they give you these little cards. One side is red, one side is green. And then uh, when you flip it over to green, these guys that are always marching around the restaurant, they, they have what's basically just a fucking sword with, you know, different kinds of meat on it. One guy will come by and he'll have, you know, bacon-wrapped filet mignon. And he'll, he'll, he'll just start, you know, cutting off pieces of it and putting it on your plate until you tell him to stop. Another guy will come by, you know, Brazilian sausage, almost like a kielbasa. Fucking amazing. You know, they have pork and they have flank steak. They have top sirloin. And they have, you know, it's just unlimited, as much as you want. They have unlimited garlic mashed potatoes with, like, fresh, you know, roasted garlic in it and chives. In between different kinds of meats, they bring you these... I'm not sure if they're fried because there's no batter, but they're these cooked bananas that are rolled in cinnamon. And you're supposed to take a bite or two of those in between meats to cleanse your palate. I even had an alcoholic drink. I had a white Russian. It's been a long time. And it's also been a long time since I've had one there, and I forgot they got a heavy pour. Holy shit, that was strong. 
but it was an amazing experience. It was so much fun being able to hang out with Cynthia like that. You know, she fell in love with the place. I had been there once before. And uh, you know, we will definitely be going back there. Um, you know, I recommend it. Especially, I also recommend reservations. I don't understand why this is such a foreign concept to some people. You know, people will complain about the wait, about the wait. is like, make a fucking reservation. You know, I think Cynthia did it. It took her, you know, a couple of minutes. Their website, make a reservation. We had a reservation for 7.30, and we got to our table at 7.30. While there was, you know, a small crowd of people waiting for who knows how long for a table. This was Friday night. We waited less than 30 seconds. I walked in, I gave my name right this way, sir. So I wanted to turn around and just say, suck it, peasants. It uh, it just made everything so much more convenient because, you know, the drive was kind of a ways to get out there. Um... You know, the server was great, It was, uh, but it was expensive. I'm not going to tell you how much I spent, but it was definitely, you know, three figures for two people. <laughs> um, but well worth it. Well worth, you know, the thousands of pennies. <laughs> and it, uh, you know, Grayson was very sweet all day. You know, at their anniversary, he made this little picture, I love you, Mom and Dad. And it's, you know, that's when, you know, the kids will melt your heart. You know, they'll be an asshole all day. They'll come up and just tell you, I love you. And all of a sudden, you're not mad no more. And that goes back to you know, remembering how fortunate that we are. You know, most of the people listening to this are probably listening to it either in a car or, you know, a high-end phone. You know, there's a lot of people that don't have either. But... You know, again, I'm not going to let the crushing guilt of the less fortunate in the whole world, you know, cripple me. You never make it out your front door. You know, maybe just uh, spreading a little kindness when you see the opportunity. You know, being thankful for what you do have. You know, like my family. And my wife, you know. I separate her, you know, from my family just because she is my number one, you know. As much as I love my kids, I loved her first. And uh, here's to many more years. And I'm glad you guys enjoyed the uh, the podcast. I know this one is uh, probably shorter than the other ones. I know sometimes I ramble. But it's like usually by the time I get to do these shows, it's, you know, got to wait till the kids go to bed. Because that's when you get your adult time. My adult time is usually, you know, dishes and laundry. You know, we try to uh, maintain the house. I mean, in this house is, you know, I've joked to this, become my, my fourth child. You know, just because, uh, you know, I get so protective of it. You know, it's like I want to, you know, maintain the yard. You know, I worry about that shit now. I want to, you know, like I talked about in the last episode... Um, you know, make a little garden. Yeah, that'd be nice. It's like I worry about the paint on the outside. You know, Cynthia's texting me and she's out, and I gotta carry you guys over to look for a, a cooking utensil. And she's pretty sure that we still have. So instead of trying to figure out how to pause this thing because when I had an Android there was just a little pause button 
because I'm recording it directly to a podcasting app. And yes, I found the thing that she was looking for, a little mini muffin maker, which if you can find one of those, probably a Goodwill for three bucks. I recommend it. You get those like dollar, you know, bags, you know, mixed bags of the muffin mix. It's something you, know, you and the kids can do together because all you do is pretty much just add water. And uh, you have delicious little treats. Maybe you can get like a little thing of, you know, cake frosting. Um, and you can, you know, decorate the little muffins. I know we've done that before. I know Grayson used to love, you know, mixing the, the batter. That little machine gets kind of hot. But, um, you know, it is, uh, for me, it's worth it. You know, it's like, it's like I've read that um, when you have children that uh, are picky eaters, um, sometimes it helps if you have them help you prepare the meal. Maybe when they see, you know, they can help you put it together. Yeah, you know, maybe they'll be more inclined to eat it. But once again, haven't done a whole lot of research. My kids are not really picky so much with the food as they are with, like, sitting down and fucking eating it. You know, it's like every kid will sit there and eat junk and cookies and candy all day if you feed it to them. But my kids, they like most foods. But what they don't like is being told to sit in one spot and be still and, you know, eat their food. That's why, you know, I am jealous of, you know, some of the families where their kids are are well-behaved in restaurants. You know, I mean, maybe they're monsters in other places. Because my kids, restaurants are 50-50. Sometimes they're going to be great. Other times they're going to be monsters. You know, they've always been good in movie theaters, you know, grocery stores. So, yeah, I guess I shouldn't complain. But I'm gonna. That's mostly what I use this podcast for. Because I can't afford therapy. But I do appreciate uh, all the supports. You know, to the uh, 20 or so listeners I get every week. Feel free to help me expand the podcast. I'm trying to get better about social media. But it's just, I'm just an old fart. And it's just so hard for me to to do it. It's like I can scroll Facebook for a little bit, then I get bored with it. You know, I can, I'll spend a little more time on Reddit, but then I get bored with that. It's like Instagram, I'm trying to take more pictures. I'm just not a big picture taker. So I'm doing my best, is what I'm saying. You know, I didn't grow up with phones so it's like, as much as I love my phone, it's just, I don't know. To me, it's it's always more of a toy, you know, or a, a personal assistant with all my calendars and shit on there. Um, so yeah, tell your friends about the podcast. I try to build a little community. And, uh, oh, a friend of mine was talking about how her uh, nephew, you know, was starting to... Uh, Starting teething, you know, the teeth haven't cut yet, but you know the you know the baby's miserable. I think the baby's six months, and that's right about the age where, I think on average, you know, baby will will pop a, a tooth or two. And uh, it was fine. I had mentioned the first thing that popped in my head was the frozen strawberries. Um, you used to take the strawberries, cut the the leaf part off, shove a popsicle stick in there, just kind of put them, you know, in like an ice cube tray. And then just put them in the freezer, let them freeze. Then you can kind of hold the popsicle stick and the baby can chew on the... Or I guess not chew, because I don't have any teeth. But they can kind of gum the strawberry. And the cold will help their gums. And there's a little sweetness there. 
that may keep that may keep the baby from pushing it away. You know, my kids, thankfully, they were okay with the little frozen toys. I never had to resort to the strawberries. Um, but if you guys have any other tips for, you know, teething babies, things that worked for you, you know, send any kind of parenting tips, life hacks, as usual, to yourparentingpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll pass these on. And like I said, we'll make a little community. Uh, thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you guys soon.